Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Bookable Space. I'm your host, Yvonne Battlefeldson, and today we're joined by Madeline Bacaro. Madeline will be reading In Your Mind, The Infinite Universe of Yoko Ono. Madeline, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So we're going to dive right in. In a sentence or two, can you please tell us a little bit about the book? The book is the true story of Yoko Ono, who is the woman John Lennon loved. And she gets a bad rap because of a lot of lies that have been written about her. And I wanted to set the record straight. And I was able to, because I have an archive of collected materials where she's speaking, a lot of people speaking about her. And most of the lies that you've heard are debunked and the truth is revealed. That's fascinating. So we're just going to in the aspect of diving right in, I'm going to start off with just first questions. And as you know, it's three questions, three readings. Ideally, it's a conversation. The conversation with someone who wants to hear more about your writing, about the book, and about, of course, some of the insight behind the book. So where did this idea of setting the record straight, where did it come from? And what story did you kind of set out to tell? Well, I've loved her all my life since I was a child in 1968. Saw a picture of her in a magazine about her film and her artwork. And then the next thing you know, she was with John Lennon. And then the next thing you know, there's all this hatred and she's breaking up the Beatles. She's ugly. She's not the right person for John. She's Japanese. She's a woman. She's not pretty, they say. And I was like, what the, what is going on? You know, this is not right. She's a beautiful person. She and John were very loving toward each other. They were very nurturing of each other. And um, they had a great life together, except for the people that were trying to tear them apart. Wow. Could we have our first reading, please? Sure. Imagine waking up each morning, knowing that you can change the world and setting out to do it every day of your life. This is Yoko Ono's existence. She never stops delivering a message, a whisper, a scream, a dream, a wish, a positive vision for a peaceful future, despite all disappointment. Yoko continues to be a warrior of peace. She has changed our minds and given us hope. We must keep believing in miracles, say yes to every possibility, remember her mantras, imagine peace, surrender to peace, peace is power, dream together. There is a wonderful documentary about John and Yoko's 1969 bed-ins for peace called Give Peace a Song. We see them being interviewed in bed by a reporter who tells them that we will probably never see world peace in our lifetimes. John instantly and emphatically said, oh, but we will. And Yoko innocently chimed in, yes, we will. They were so sincere, honest, and beautiful. Their spirits came floating back to me like in old times all the wonderful memories, their closeness, and their love. At the time, they were considered the world's clowns. Yoko once said in her online Q&A, being me did not help to be taken seriously. I think it's better to concentrate on what you do as an artist than to pursue acceptance from the world. It's a waste of time to concentrate on that. Acceptance will come when people need what you have produced. Keep your pride and dignity as the giver and not a taker. As the giver, we are creating the future of the world. John and Yoko were only telling us the truth, orchestrating our positive thoughts and pointing us to the light. Yoko said in 2013, a blind man has an honest face because he doesn't know how to control the muscles on his face to express himself. 
The blinds can't make a fictitious expression. It's almost like that with artists. If you get truly inspired and something comes through you like songs or poetry, then it's part of your experience, so you can't lie in your work. Yoko encourages a simpler way of life. She said in 2013, Forget entertaining each other and just love one another. Our ability to entertain and surprise people about how clever we are by being rich and admired is a social convention rapidly losing its power. We can't get world admiration for being a unique talent when we are all equally talented. And the monetary incentive will disappear as well. The fun of competition for beauty, agility, and wisdom will become yesterday's news and then non-existence, since we will be all equally endowed on our human capacities. Service to yourself, others, the planet, and the universe will be the only activity that will still mean something. If I had a one-hour TV special, I would show the world what is really happening, but the ratings would be so low, I'd be fired immediately. Yoko is still relaying John's message. She tells us, most of us cannot be that truthful without fearing our lives, especially now. I'd like you to listen to John's words again. It will give you power. She always recognized the unpopularity of truth, but has always stood by it despite the risk. She says, the pursuit for truth as an artist was hell. The truth is not popular in our society, a truth teller even less. Sean Ono Lennon is his mother's biggest fan. He celebrates her life and work. He said in 1990, how she got the reputation for being a dragon lady is beyond me. If you spend two moments with her, you realize she is like a child who can look at a cloud and see a line of monkeys dancing there. My mother has the ability to make the familiar strange. When I'd ask for candy, she'd say, eat the candy in your mind. Yoko is teaching us to recognize our own inner power Adjust our misplaced values, be aware of negative space, see the invisible, respect nature, and observe the need for total communication. When asked if she is afraid of death in 2018, she said, I don't think I'm scared. It will just be very inconvenient. I want my epitaph to be, here is a woman who loved life and still does. Oh, that's beautiful. So what sort of research did you do? And then how did you decide what went into the book and what didn't? Um, well, I collected everything I ever read about Yoko since 1968. And I just loved uh, the way she saw the world. It was like from another dimension, even, you know, she sees beyond the world into billions of universes when we just see our neighborhood and our post office and we take a trip once in a while. So she had a lot of wisdom Everything she said was like a message inside a fortune cookie, you know, that you could really think about and use and and keep towards your life. And in nature inspired her work and a respect for nature that we all should have. And then her love story with John Lennon was incredible. And I just um, knew what was important. I knew what I wanted to bring out to show her spirit through the whole book. And that's how I went about it. Could we have our second reading? Okay. Always awake and always dreaming. Most artists communicate in visual or demonstrative ways. Yoko works more quietly. Her meditative thoughts reflect Zen Buddhism. Her writings are like haiku poetry. Her music resembles the wind, sometimes howling and often gentle. Much of her art is invisible. A whisper, a dream, a scream, a wish, an instruction, half a room, and imagine the other half. 
Yoko exists in twilight, traveling light years to reach us. When she speaks, a thousand thoughts glimmer in her eyes. Twitter is the perfect medium for her messages. She has 5 million followers. Her tweets of wisdom should be inside fortune cookies, such as this one. Do you know what your obstacle is? The thing you thought was an obstacle might be a great help. It's how you look at it. Yoko's art is off the wall and in your mind. It's on the ceiling, on the floor, in the sky. You can step on it, mend it, cut a hole, or let the evening light go through. It's imagining 1,000 suns rising, stealing moonlight on the water, or a goldfish swimming across the sky. Her work is unfinished to be completed in your mind. She is able to invoke limitless imaginings simply by writing a few words on paper, on a wall, or in an object. She shows us that art does not have to be tangible, permanent, or static. Art can be transitory and enlightening experience. Most importantly, she enlightens us to our inner power. Yin and Yang. In all that she shares with us, Yoko presents contrasting ideas to reveal the truth. She intuitively applies positivity to negative experience. This was her method of self-therapy, mostly for her own protection from many harsh realities throughout an extraordinary life, the horrors of war, prejudice, alienation, loneliness, sexism, and oppression. Yoko has absorbed all the negative vibes she has endured for many years, transferring them into powerful energy. She said in 2013, I wasn't valued by people, so I started to feel that if no one else loved me, then I had to love myself. I thought, darling, you know you work so hard. You're always trying to do good, but it's not being appreciated. I feel sorry for you. That's what I was thinking at the time, and I liked myself for being the one that survived regardless. There are two sides of the coin. One side says, poor darling, and the other side is saying, hey, you know, you're right. Yoko's main emphasis has always been the power of dreaming. John Lennon echoed her sentiment exactly in his song, Imagine. She said in 1983, Once every 10 years or so, we go through some panic in society. It's dangerous that we panic because I think the world is what we make of it. And the world is a result of our dreams. The dream makes the world. My mother used to wave her hand in front of me and say, Yoko, are you there? Well, if I was always there, I would not be me, would I? I'm always awake and always dreaming. Yoko believes that reality is projected from our minds. She said in 1980, people think of fantasy as different from reality, but fantasy is like reality that will come. Everyone creates the fantasy, so everyone creates the reality. If you look at it that way, then George Orwell will create 1984. That's the general trend of the male species. I think creating that kind of fantasy was projected. Inverting values and roles are wise and useful tactics. We know that opposites attract. The art of transposition has served Yoko well for healing. She's like a polished gemstone radiating after years of abrasion. Even after the final straw, the brutal death of her husband, John, right in front of her, she never faltered. Her application of reverse psychology alerts us to extremely misplaced values. One of the reasons I'm surviving is because of the incredible negative power that was trying to erase me. We must learn how to turn negative into positive. People used to call me Dragon Lady. I said, thank you for calling me Dragon Lady. The dragon is such a powerful animal. And thank you for thinking I'm so powerful. From then on, nobody called me Dragon Lady. If you shed light, darkness disappears.
Wow. I wonder if you can tell us, um, there's two things. I'm trying to tell myself they're not more than one question, but um, that might not be true. But one of them, I'm really fascinated about your having published the book yourself and what that journey might be like. But then also, I'm curious about what might have, if anything, surprised you in the writing, the compiling, or the sharing of the book. So I published um, alone because no publisher would let me conclude her full story. They wanted me to cut it in half. And I couldn't do that. This is all too important. So I just learned that she had it a lot more rough than anybody could have ever imagined. I mean, I knew some of it, but being in America, she had it worse in England in the beginning when she first married John. And even the Beatles were giving John a lot of grief about it. And people were very, very cruel. And that's why they moved to America. And then look what happens in America. Eventually, some crazy person killed John. So you know, I, I knew her whole story. I knew it was important to shed light upon. And I knew how she helped me throughout my life, which of her words, which of her actions. And I just um, lifted all of those to the surface. And then did anything surprise you? Was there anything that you learned while you were writing the book, while you were putting together these these interviews and the articles that you read, you know, before, but in the in this process, reading them because you were compiling a book, was there anything that maybe surprised you that you hadn't quite realized that affected you now? Um, I'm just surprised at how many people still carry the lies around with them and um, still perpetuate them. And it's really unhealthy because all this hatred and anger they're walking around with, which everybody should get rid of. You should forgive and forget, but they just will not let this go. And it's, it's based on lies. So that's what it just surprises me that they're still holding that in. But as for her story, I feel like I knew uh, most everything. I mean, I spent a lot of time with her as well after at first kind of being having a male correspondence with her and finally meeting and going to her concerts and her exhibitions and talking to her at length. So, you know, knowing her and appreciating her art and knowing that she understood that I loved her, you know, I just, it was my responsibility to get this out. Oh, that's beautiful. Could we have our final reading, please? Okay. So this is actually the introduction of the book and it explains you know, why it needs to be said. If not for Yoko Ono, the world would be a different place in obvious and intangible ways. Like a gentle wind, she's touched hearts, mind, and souls. Sharing her acute awareness, Yoko awakens us to our infinite power. She uses nature as her palette, earth, sky, and universe. Her sincerity, grace, and humor make her work relatable. It all comes from love. The book is a tribute to Yoko. It's a portrait in words telling her true story, including her own voice. Yoko has lived many lifetimes. These are stories about her journey as an artist and about her deliberately unfinished work to be completed in your mind. There are details about her films, music, and activism from music of the mind to her scream. We explore Yoko's inner and outer worlds, her humor, wisdom, and far-reaching generosity. Her spiritual quality shines through. This is to acknowledge the light years that Yoga has traveled in her incomparable lifetime, to console her for the tragedy, prejudice, and hatred she has endured for decades with grace and positivity. 
with thanks for her compassion and appreciation of her endeavors as John Lennon's other half and alone, to salute her for persevering as a warrior of peace after her comrade fell in the battlefield. In admiration of her perseverance through tragedy, continuing to imagine, wish, and hope. With gratitude for her devotion, infinitely reflecting her husband's image and echoing his voice. If not for their meeting, we would not have known John Lennon as the person and the legend he became. John and Yoko's childhood cities, Liverpool and Tokyo, were both devastated by the bombings of World War II. John and Yoko saved each other. Their incredible love story encompassed the world. They gave of themselves with truth and honesty, sharing wisdom and unrelenting optimism. They were endearing because they perpetuated an innocent and steadfast belief in what all we want and desire, peace and love. Their messages were sincere, clear, and simple. However, they were greatly disrespected and entirely misunderstood by many, including those in power. Before meeting, Yoko and John had extraordinary and sometimes tragic lives with striking similarities. They independently harbored lifelong trauma from parental abandonment. John's father went off to sea. His mother handed him over to her sister, who raised him. Yoko's parents didn't love her who she was, but only for being a member of the prestigious Yasuda Ono family. John was trapped in the infamy of the Beatles. Yoko's important work was widely misunderstood. Despite their highly public profiles, they remained extremely lonely. Individually, they were isolated, broken, and alone. Together, they were invincible. Despite their extreme level of fame, the loneliness lingered. Yoko says, it's like in the H.G. Wells story about someone who's moving at great speed and the world is slow moving. That's the kind of loneliness John and I felt together. Their prior lifetimes were longer than their time together. Although it seems like an eternity, John and Yoko's earthly relationship was fleeting, just over 12 years, shortened by a separation of 18 months. This was not much longer than the 10 years that the Beatles had been together. Yoko has now been living without John for more than 40 years since his death. John and Yoko were with us through the decades, smiling and gazing into each other's eyes and into ours. Their messages still resonate around the world. They included us on their journey together towards peace through music, in films, in bed, in the streets, and on TV. A bright white light whizzing by, always on the go. They were always in our minds. Their lives were not their own. John and Yoko were messengers using fame as a tool to promote peace and to give us hope. Ultimately, the intense worldwide notoriety was suffocating. It tore them apart, but their love always brought them back together. Yoko said in 1986, if the world just let us be and gave us space, we'd have been great partners. Mainly, our energies were used in fighting the world from splitting us. And finally, they succeeded. They split us in a big way. Yoko's life is an unfinished symphony. Her work is transcendent, transparent, and transient. She creates work for us to complete in our minds to heal us spiritually, lighting the path to our better future. She said in 2003, Sometimes I feel that John is still telling me what to do. I have so much to do for John. He was the love of my life, and we're still working together. Some people might think I'm overshadowed, but I'm in the shade of this beautiful tree, and the tree is protecting me. Yoko is certain that one day there will be peace on earth and lives her life as if it is undoubtedly so. She believes that everybody has superpower in their subconscious. I try to bring it out from them. If you have been misinformed, you will learn the truth. 
If you appreciate Yoko, you will sing along with me. You will see the wind and hear the silence. Her meanings and intent will come to light. You will see negative space in a positive way and will be touched by her wit and wisdom, her genius and whimsy. She is only telling us the truth. She said in 1962, I can't stand the accumulation of distortion owing to a slanted view. I want the truth by any means. I cannot trust the manipulation of my consciousness. Many people are becoming wise to the truth. They are beginning to understand why John loved Yoko. She eliminates the boundaries between art and life. She uses her existence to communicate her mind, body, and soul, as in this piece from her book, Grapefruit. Blood piece. Use your blood to faint, to paint. Keep painting until you faint. Keep painting until you die. Yoko's work is far from finished. Her universe is infinite. Wow. Madeline, where can we buy in your mind the infinite universe of Yoko Ono? Well, you can get it from directly from me at conceptualbooks.com. Uh, I have a soft cover and also a hardcover version that's beautiful with the option of having it signed by me. And for those overseas, it's also uh, on Amazon. Sometimes it says temporarily out of stock, but that's supposedly a good thing because it means they're not keeping up <laughs> with the orders. And then it's on BookBaby, their website, if you're familiar with BookBaby. So that's the three places you can get. There's plenty more. It's on Barnes and Noble online. You know, you can look anywhere. They'll have it online. The bookstore can order it for you too if you walk in and ask for it. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for the readings and for being my guest here on Bookable Space. Thank you so much, Yvonne. My pleasure.